take a moment and think about this. God is good. He's the very definition of goodness. The only reason we have any comprehension of good is because of God. It is his essence. Everything created by him is good. He is good to all. His mercies are over all his works. He is so good, he is sometimes called light. In him there is no darkness. The light casts out darkness. His goodness and loving kindness is everlasting. He is ready to forgive all who call upon his name. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. His word is truth. He promises goodness to his servants. He has begun a good work in you and will see it through to completion. His laws, his precepts and ordinances are also good. He has not given us a burden of weightiness, but a good and light yoke. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He is good to those who wait for him. Take refuge in him. Take delight in his goodness. God is good. good. Can we all say it together? God is good. Honestly, it's one of my greatest life ambitions is I just want to tell people that God is good, that he's a good God. Because so many people have this idea of God being something other than who he is. And it's like, you ever talk to an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in God or the unchurched or the de-churched? And I asked him, tell me who this God is that you don't believe in because honestly, I probably wouldn't either because it's such a, a twisted or just maybe even misinformed idea who he is. Because someone that doesn't believe in God so often see him as this cold, distant, maybe even impersonal or uncaring or unsympathetic being that's just out there that it's hard to connect with. Well, yeah, that would be pretty hard, you know, to connect with uh, what you thought was a vengeful God that was just going to wreck your day. And, but God's a good God. And there's so many things I want to share today. I really wish I could just take every thought that I have on this topic right now and just put it up there for all of you to see so you know where I'm going. Because <laughs> you might be at some point go, well, wait, what, what, but what? We'll get there. We'll get there. So please track with me because I want to hit several things along these lines. Um, but we hear things sometimes. We hear things like people say, why is God doing this to me? Have you heard that? And it's just like, it's not that he's doing it to you. It's just that some things happen. We're a three-part being. We live in a body. We have our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's where all of our feelings come from. And how do you know we can't be led by our feelings? And then our spirit, which is the real you down on the inside. And things can happen in these different realms. Things can happen along the course of life that happen in a different plane. But you hear things that just, it grates against me sometimes. It, it, Billy Joel thought he had it right when he said only the good die young. No, no, no. We're going to hit several things today. And I just want to really get across that if you know God's voice, you know his character, you know the covenant that you walk in, no matter what you face, you're still going to say, God is good. He is good. He's not the one destroying things. It's like even insurance policies got it jacked up. 
an, an act of God wipes out your home. No, it's not an act of God. God didn't come in and go, boom, to your house. <laughs> it's not an act of God. Come on. But you hear these things, and it's just like, ah, oh, no. Or when something happens to somebody, oh, God just needed another angel in heaven. He just needed another flower in his garden. He didn't just go, that one's done. God is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that brings love and life to us. Let's just suppose someone goes out, stands in front of a train. I know it doesn't make sense, but they stand in front of a train. They get hit. Now, would anyone say, that just must have been the will of the Lord. He works in a mysterious way. No! That was not a good idea to stand in front of a train. <laughs> There's things that are just consequences to situations sometimes. And it's not the, the devil's fault or God's fault. Sometimes like, whoa, we shouldn't have done that. But in this, I want to look back. Can we jump back a little bit and look at Genesis chapter 3? And in that, you look at the beginning of time. And it's God's model of what he really designed for things to be like. There was no death. There was no sickness, no disease, no, you know, arguing. There's none of that stuff in the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. Is blissful. But in that, God gave us free will. And he gave Adam and Eve the, the title and deed to this earth. He's like, it's all yours. You name the things and you take care of it. And he gave us free will. But because of that free will, he gave us free will because he wants us to love him because we just simply love him, not because we're being forced to love him, not as an act of free will. He gives us free will to make choices. So we choose to love him. And in that, Adam and Eve made that choice of, well, you know, the enemy over here, they didn't know he's the enemy. You know, everyone thinks he's like this little red guy, pitchfork, pajamas. That's his first big lie that people say, I ain't going to believe in some fairy tale of, of the devil. No, he's very crafty. I don't want to give him any credit today. But he tricked them with a little bit of truth and a lot of lies to sell off, sell off their, their, their rights, their deed to this world. And he took that. And what happened? This negative death cycle entered into our humanity. I mean, it says that, you know, now you'll live by the sweat of your brow. There'll be pain and delivery, all these things. You know, the fall created some bad stuff that none of us wanted. God didn't even want it, but it happened because it was out of free will. It's kind of like this pen. You know, the natural effect, if I throw this up, What's bringing it back down? The law of gravity. Okay? Now, I could throw this up and say, don't come down, don't come down, don't come down. It's going to come down. It's going to come down because it's a law of gravity. It's a law that's in effect. Because Adam and Eve did what they did, they started a law in effect called death and destruction. And we live around it all the time. And it's not because... We did something wrong to make it happen. It's just part of living in this broken, fallen world. And stuff happens. Remember years ago, there was a bump sticker, stuff happens. I cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> stuff happens! And today, I wish I could tell you I could answer all your questions, but I can't. I don't have the answers. Stuff happens. I mean, I can't say, well, this is why, that is why. We just see some things. But we have to lay hold of what Jesus did. Jesus he hung on that cross and he paid for everyone's mistakes. He bridged that gap back to 
back to God that we would have forgiveness and we would have that uh, just reconciliation with him. But the word even says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and violence take it by force. That means we got to grab a hold of the truth of what we know that God's a good God and hang on to it with everything we've got because he's all we have. So we grab a hold of God today. His design, if we turn back to the glorious consummation of the beginning in Isaiah 65, 20, it's in your notes. This is what he wants to turn things back to. Never again will there be in an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at 100, he thought as a mere child. One who fails to reach 100 will be considered accursed. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa time out. God's like, we don't, I never wanted to see a little one pass before their days. This is a desire that we come into an old age like a shock of corn comes into season, that we live out many, many years. But why do we see what we see sometimes? We live in this broken, fallen world. That's not what we hope for. We see things that we're like, God, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this happened, but I love you and I trust you. I don't know how this happened, but I'm going to hang on your strength. There's other things that when we don't understand why things happen the way they do, some people might say, well, God's just trying to teach you something. Now, how many of you, if your kid didn't clean the room, would you break their legs to get them to clean their room? No! You're not going to say, all right, go fix it. <laughs> it says that the Holy Spirit, in Colossians, the Holy Spirit can teach us of all things. There's better ways to teach us than through, well, they're not doing things right, I'm going to lop this on them. <laughs> See how they like that. Maybe they'll learn something. No! He's a good, good God. He's the good shepherd. And in Romans 8, 28, I want to look at this because I don't want to leave this out. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. That means, yes, when bad things happen, yes, we can learn through them, definitely. But we got to make sure we're not saying, God, why did you do this to me? It's not that he did it to you, but we can in that moment. I remember telling a, a mother that lost a, an adult son that through a simple procedure, I was like, I, I can't tell you. According to Romans 8, 28, where the good in this will come from. But I can tell you this, God is a good God and some good will come of this. Don't know what it is. It says in Matthew chapter 7, that if then we, being evil, just talking about our sinful, natural nature, not that you're evil, but know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to them who ask? When we ask God, need your help, He's not going to hand you a rock when you're drowning. And on that note, I've heard people say, well, the Lord will never give you more than you can handle. How many of you felt like you had more than you can handle? Yes! I think that's when we do need him. We always need him. But I mean, if we feel like it's something we can handle, why would we run to him? When we hit that point, like, God, this is more than I can I need you because I'm only getting to here and I got to go to here. I need you. So yes, sometimes it does feel like more than we can handle. And that's why we need him. He's the good father. He's the good shepherd. 
we've all had things where like, I, I don't get it. And please run to him. Know the voice of God. Know the character of God. Know the covenant that you walk in. It was just a couple years ago when I saw my mom before my very eyes. I mean, she died right before my eyes. She tear came out the corner of her eye. She just stared at me. And I never once thought, God, why are you doing this to her? I never once thought, God, how could you? I just thought, God, I thank you that she's in your loving care. And as she crosses over, she's going to be with you like that. That you're a good God. You're a good God. That you didn't do this to my mom. Just happened. I mean, it's sickness. It stinks. It's awful. It's a part of this broken, fallen world that we live in. I ran to God in that minute. And tomorrow, tomorrow actually marks the 16th birthday of my first son that was stillborn. And that, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But when we got the news that there was no heartbeat and we were going to be delivering him, we didn't run to God and say, why? We ran to God and said, God, I love you. You're a good God. I don't understand this, but I know your voice. I know your character. I know the covenant that we walk in. And I know you didn't do this to my boy. You didn't do this. but I trust you and I love you and I run to you because I need you more than ever. I need you more than ever. He's a good God. I mean, I, I grew a lot in those moments. Sure, I gained some strength in areas I didn't have, but we have to know that God doesn't do that. Some might say, well, he works in mysterious ways. You'll never know. And, and some will even want to wrestle to hold on to, well, it must just be part of his, you know, his, he didn't take him out. Come on. Something just happened. And I don't know. And I could probably ask God when I cross over, what am I going to care then? Would I? Because heaven is forever. But even in Christian music, there's things out there that just blow my mind. I end up turning the station. There's one song, Make Me Broken. God's a restorer. God wants to put the pieces back together. Another line of that song is, Make Me Empty. God's a filler. He wants to fill you up exceedingly abundantly. He wants to fill you up, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God is a, he's a, a filler of abundance. Or Make Me Lonely. In Psalm 68, it says that he places the lonely in families. I just want to, before we go on to the notes, I kind of know I have a long takeoff before you even look at your notes. But three things can happen in these realms. The, the spiritual realm, where it's just, maybe it was demonic, or the natural realm of, this just stinks. It's just a part of this law of the sin and death cycle in our world that it's just there because of the fall. Or it's just a dumb, stupid choice. You know, don't go stand on the railroad tracks. Don't go do something you know is going to bring harm. You know, and there's grace for when we mess up. That's what grace is for. Thank God for his grace. And we miss it. He's like, worry about it. There's grace. 
But let's look at the job description in chapter 10, verse 10. In your notes, you have to fill these in. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That I, Jesus, have come that they may have life. They may have it more abundantly. As you fill those in, could you please say this with me, all of it, starting with the thief. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, that I, Jesus, have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. I want to break this down into really simple nuggets here of Theology 101. God is good, the devil is bad. And we have a quick little word graphic that kind of makes it so clear yet so simple all at the same time. profound as it gets. Yes. God is good. Devil bad. Devil evil. It's, I want to make sure that we got our, our thinking straight as we jump into this. Part, uh, point one, the good shepherd leads his sheep. He leads his sheep that we know his voice. In John chapter 10, it says the doorkeeper opens to him. The doorkeeper opens the sheep hear his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. And he brings out his own sheep and goes before them. As the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Sheep know his voice. Now how can we know the voice of God? By reading the Bible, spending time in worship, and praying. I guarantee you, if your best friend calls out your name in a crowded room, you're going to hear him. Or one of your kids, maybe. You're going to hear him because you know their voice. You spent time with them. You know what they sound like. God wants us to be in tune with his voice. And we do that through those three things. Through praying, reading the word, and worship. And we get to know what he sounds like. So when he's trying to lead us, we're like, oh, that's you, God. Thank you. I heard you on that one. So we want to know his voice. And he's the good shepherd. Anybody know of a good shepherd that's going to beat a sheep? No. Sheep are very timid little creatures. They're very susceptible to a lot of things. They need a shepherd, a good shepherd, to keep them down the right path. The good shepherd will see a sheep, maybe if it's stuck in some thorns, and just kind of point and laugh and say, oh, that'll teach you. <laughs> Stay out of the thorns next time. No. The good shepherd will go over, pull them out. He'll leave the 99 for the one. He'll pull them out. But if he sees another sheep coming towards that same thorn patch, like, oh, wait, 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 you really don't want to go over here. There might be some things in your own life that God's saying, no, 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 you really don't want to go down that path. I know where that path goes. I've seen... Millions of people follow. No, 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 no. Stay out of that path. But we ought to hear his leading by the Holy Spirit when he's saying, no, no, no. Stay away from the thorns. It's not because I'm trying to wreck your fun. Because I love you. And I want to make sure that you don't end up in a mess. I've got a, a friend in ministry that posted something on Facebook just a few days ago, well, a few weeks ago. It really grabbed my heart. Without going into all the details, he, his teenage son died 
And it was just tragic, horrific, awful, just devastating. And he posted a few weeks ago about this. And this is just an excerpt of it. And I asked him if I could share this. He said, sure. And he said, there is always hope. Before I said, God is good. And I meant it. Today, I could say God is good because I depend on it. Words in a desperate situation. You could feel the pain. Because it's easy to go, man, woo, God is so good when it's going great. You're like, God, man, thank you. Woo. But what about when it's all upside down? Everything's going sideways. We've been there. You've all been there. It's a whole lot different to say, God, it is well. Or God, you are good. And that's what he was saying in that post. Even though devastated, God is good because I depend on it. I want to look at the Apostle Paul next. Apostle Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. He's been through some stuff. <laughs> and I want to read through some of these things. And even though he went through all these things, he still knows the voice, the character, and the covenant that he walks in with God. Not ever blaming God for these things, but he knew that God could help him through. Paul boasts of his sufferings. Are they servants of Christ? And he goes on farther. He goes, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. It's almost like, so here we go. I am more. I have worked harder. I have been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times received from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. Three times beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked, not once. Spent a night and a day in the open sea. That sounds terrifying. But I have, consistent, I have constantly been on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger and fear from uh, fellow Jews, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country. This is starting to sound like a Dr. Seuss book here. Danger in the sea, danger from false believers. I have labeled and toiled and have often gone without uh, sleep. I've known hunger. I've known thirst. I have gone without food. I have been cold. I have been naked. He goes on to say, besides everything else, beside all this other fun stuff that I've been doing on this mission trip, <laughs> I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So not just the physical stuff, but also the emotional weightiness of it all. But Paul still knows the voice, the character, and the covenant of God. Never does he go, God, why are you doing this to me? Our theology should never be based on our own personal experiences, or what we see. Our theology is not based on, well, that, well, I don't understand that, so therefore I'm going to throw that out. It says we walk by faith, not by sight. So when we see things that we don't understand, it doesn't change our theology. It doesn't go, well, I guess I'm wrong, or I guess I don't... No. God is good. He's the good shepherd. And we always run to Him. As a new Christian... I was in my teens and basically had fire insurance. And I heard that if you pray this prayer and you believe it, you uh, don't go to hell, you go to heaven. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm in. 
Um, I wasn't walking in the fullness of God, didn't really understand the, really the goodness of God either. But uh, my theology is a little whacked. Uh, I used to have a, I still do, I still, you go to my Facebook uh, marketplace, you know that thing that they assume what you like? It's like full of dirt bikes, I don't know why. <laughs> I used to have a passion, and I love motocross racing as a teenager. And uh, I had a really bad crash, really bad crash. I was six gear full throttle on a straightaway coming up on a hairpin turn, and I had from about here to the, the front row or so of the cameras about 30, 40 feet to go from about 60 to five mile an hour before you slammed into trees and make this quick corner. And I was going for it. Went to go back off the throttle, I was froze wide open. <laughs> More or less panic, laid the bike down, tore a huge chunk of my knee that had to be surgically reattached. I got a nice little zipper scar from about there to there. And, uh, as a new believer, not understanding my theology, or the, I was like, God, thank you for causing this crash. You know, thank you for doing this to me. In all essence, I was saying, God, thank you for sticking your finger in the carburetor to hold it wide open so I'd wipe out so you can teach me something. He didn't cause it. Now, was it the devil? Did he reach under and, and make the, the carburetor stay open so that way? I kind of don't think so. I don't know. Was it probably just physics that <laughs> I had it wide open and it just didn't want to go back because I was cranking on it so hard? Yeah, probably. But so often believers will blame God for it. Say, why did God do this? Or say, why did the devil do this? And it could just be, it just happened. And it just stinks. One final thought about his voice in Deuteronomy 30. It says, This day I call heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life. He will give you many years in the land He swore to give your fathers. Abraham Isaac, and Jacob. God's saying, there's life, death, blessings, curses. Choose life. So there's sometimes God's saying, don't do that. There's not, there's not blessings in that. That's a bad path full of thorns. Choose life. Second point, good shepherd protects his sheep. That's his character. The good shepherd is just going to protect his sheep, protect his flock. In John 10, it says, the hireling, who is not the shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. It's like, not my monkey, not my circus. There's a wolf coming. I'm out. They're getting a, a nice snack. <laughs> but the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees. He is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. But see, God, Jesus is a good shepherd, this parable. We belong to him. He has a vested interest in us. And he wants to bless us and take care of us and help us through those messy situations. We had a situation where we felt his protection earlier this week. It was kids camp. They're going off to camp, Mateen camp. And, and some of you might have saw this. We posted about it. But we were coming back from the South Shores area over by St. Mary's Hospital. There's a bunch of windy roads. It was kind of hilly. And we just got done praying for all the kids as they have safe travel to camp and they have a great week and all that stuff. And, and all of a sudden, coming around on those corners, 
there was a semi about halfway in my lane. And I knew, I'm always mindful of my six, and I knew that there was a vehicle coming up to behind my right. I knew I couldn't just jerk out of the way because I would have hit them. And all the while, Juanita didn't see it because she was talking to Cadence, our granddaughter. She looks up just in time just to see the side of this box car. Like, Gah! <laughs> and in that moment, I felt like I got really, really, really skinny. <laughs> And just tried, tried to navigate right between, I mean, Psalm 91, I felt like I was in that secret place, inaccessible. I felt like I was in that secret place of his protection in that moment. We got out and looked later like, oh, there's no scrapes on the side. Thank you, Lord. That was a close one. Let's look in the Bible about biblical protection. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were told that when you hear the music, you bow down, you worship this, uh, this false god, or you get thrown in the fiery furnace. They didn't bow down. They didn't worship. He said, crank up the furnace seven times hotter, threw them in. The guards that threw them in, they burned up when they threw them in. And guess what? Let's look at it. He said, look, there are four men walking on the fire, unbound, unharmed. The fourth looks like a son of the gods, talking about the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So they came out. They crowded around him. They saw the fire not harm their bodies, nor was a hair in their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. There's no smell of fire on them. You're like, wait a minute, physics. Come on, that, that can't happen. Yeah, you're right, physics. God doesn't operate in those rules. He operates outside of this construct. He operates outside. He can do whatever. He can only speak and make things disappear. So in that, God has protection more than we'll ever know because we know his voice and his character in the covenant we walk in. Point three, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Lays down his life for the sheep. That's the covenant that we have. He's willing to put down his life. In the Bible, you look at covenant relationships, it's like you exchange in that covenant relationship garments with the other family, names with the other family, weapons from the other family. The enemies that you face are even exchanged where you're fighting things together. We become in covenant with God. And he helps fight right alongside us. He helps us to victory. And if we look at John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. It says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now you might say, well, how did this one situation, how did this bad thing happen then? In John 10.1, we back up. The devil doesn't play fair it says, most assuredly, I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. I believe we have this protection, this hedge around us, more than we can ever imagine. But sometimes some things happen that it could just be our own dumb thing we walked into, or it was just because of this fallen world, or maybe it was evil. But I know that God is a good God. I know that earlier when I spoke about Corbin, our son that we had lost, that he's a good God. And I believe since we had our thinking straight that God, we know you didn't do this. We had the ability to hope for more blessings. Our heart of hope was not cut off in that moment because we knew God didn't do it. We could still run to him and say, God, yes. We love to be restored. We got double restored. Got two boys. 
my older son that got up here and preached a few weeks ago. I'm so blessed. I mean, but we had the ability to still hope because we know where our hope comes from. And if someone's theology is whacked, you're thinking, well, God just, you know, how can I hope if, you know, if he did that? I mean, God loves you. He's a good God. David and Goliath. Look at 40 days. He, Goliath came out and taunted the armies of Israel. And I'll fast forward. And David saw all this. And he said, what will be done of the man that kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? And then it gets personal. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? It's like, oh, come on now, David. Did you really? That's kind of low. You got to point out that. I mean, <laughs> who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That, that's that's kind of hitting them in, in a vulnerable spot. But the reason why he said that is because he knew that David, David knew he was in covenant with God, that he could have victory in that covenant, and that his enemy did not have that covenant, that there was victory coming ahead. So what happened? He took him out. When we're weak, he's strong. David wasn't strong, but God made him strong. And in just a few minutes, uh, Diva and Kyle are going to come out, and uh, we're going to sing Good, Good Father. And I want you really to meditate. Let this song just wash over you about the voice and the character and the covenant of God. So if you could, please just stand up. And no matter what you've walked through, know that he's a good, good father. Let this just minister to you. Just lay the heartache down for just a few minutes. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories so what Think you're alive, but I've heard the tender whisper of love. The dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're good, good father.
opportunity to invite Jesus into your life and into your heart right now. Please make that step. Maybe you feel justified or entitled to say, God, I'm mad. Or you have right to feel like you're upset. But lay that down because he's the good father. Whatever obstacle, whether you're listening or watching today, if there's an obstacle that you maybe blame God for, Take the blame off and run to your Father. Run to your Heavenly Father. Run to Him and not stiff-arming Him. Let's pray. Dear God, thank You for Your Son, Jesus, that He died for all of my mistakes. Forgive me. And right now, I ask Jesus into my heart, and into my life. Make me a brand new person. Help me to turn from those old ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a party in heaven. And we also want you to text heaven to 41411 because we want to make sure that we can help you along this path of drawing close to him. So you get connected. And also, I just want to pray one last thing over you as you leave, that we have the boldness to share the good news. So I just want to pray over God. I just pray that everyone today, everyone watching or listening, that God, that we have the boldness of the Holy Spirit to share the good news, the good news, the good news of who you are, and we will not be ashamed of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.